Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. going on everybody this is bgn radio episode number 342 i think i am jimmy kemsky from phillyvoice.com uh, not with me today is brandon lee galton of Queen green nation uh, we'll call it an excused absence for brandon uh he'll be back uh after our uh, after the eagles next practice which is tuesday joint practices with the indianapolis colts so it's just me uh of course, our podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Finest meat snacks in the land, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not sure which <laughs> which code is working right now, whether it's BGN20, which will get you 20% off of uh, all products on RighteousFelon.com, or BGN15, which will get you 15% off. But give them a visit, buy up some of the finest meat snacks in the land, and then wash them down. With some wrong crowd beer uh, from wrongcrowdbeer.com. Visited those guys a little while back. It's a brewery, great place, also a restaurant. Have some food, have some beers. They just released their newest beer called The Quarterback Factory. And they actually dropped some off. Pete, my boy Pete there uh, at Wrong Crowd Beer, dropped some off for Brandon. And at some point, I got to get my half from Brandon. And start knocking some of those bad boys back. Uh, really excited for that. And as for um, as for Wrong Crowd Beer at wherever you get your beer. And if they don't have it, be like, yo, Goober, where's the Wrong Crowd Beer? Need some of that stuff. All right, practice notes. Uh, shells and shorts today, not in full pads. Pretty much just pass plays all day. A lot of 11 on 11s, a little bit of 7 on 7s, but mostly team drills. And you could probably count the number of handoffs on one hand. It was just totally passing, uh, passing drill day today. And there was a lot of starters, uh, not much in the way of uh, backups today. The, the twos got involved to a much, much lesser degree. The threes got involved a little bit. But A.J. Brown, man, first three plays of the day, he makes catches, one really nice hands catch. And Devontae Smith just made a bunch of impressive catches today. I thought his I thought the best play that went his way anyway, is how I'll say it. It's in the red zone. Jalen Hurts just fit this tight window throw uh, into him. It was a little high. Devontae went up to get it and, and was able to get his feet in in the back of the end zone. And that was coming right at me. So I was standing in the back of the end zone. That pass had some heat on it. And I was ready uh, to protect myself if that somehow got through. <laughs> but Devontae saved my life, made the catch, got both feet in. And, um, yeah, just, a, just a, a really good catch. And then later, nasty comeback route uh, against Josh Job along the sideline. 
made an easy throw for, for Jalen Hurts. And then a little later on a slant route, ball was out in front of him a little bit. He sort of reached, um, made a really athletic looking play, reaching, you know, ahead of himself, uh, away from his body. And, and this is another heater too. So really good hands catch, uh, pulling in a heater from Hurts on a slant. Dallas Goddard got his share of catches too. His best catch of the day. There's an out route. Uh, Christian Ellis actually for, you know, sort of a rare change. <laughs> like nobody's been able to cover Goddard all camp. If she had good coverage on the play, maybe even got a couple fingers on it. Goddard caught it anyway. Didn't matter. Good concentration catch. And I noted it in my practice notes that, you know, back in the day, you know, Zach Ertz make a lot of catches all throughout camp, of course. Maybe not as complete a tight end as Dallas Goddard is. Like wasn't as good of a blocker, of course, as Goddard, but was, you know, a great route runner. Really short hands, barely ever dropped anything. Might only have like a drop or two all of training camp. And Goddard has kind of had that kind of camp for the Eagles this year. And for my money, like there is not a better, you know, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, tight end trio in the NFL than AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Probably isn't close either. Like if you just look at, you know, wide receiver tandems, you look at the Dolphins are in that conversation. Bengals are probably in that conversation. But wide receiver one, wide receiver two, tight end, nobody's matching Brown, Smith, and Goddard. Um, thought Jalen Hurts had a great day, you know, in addition to the window throw that I mentioned earlier and just some of the other throws that he made to, to A.J. Brown. Just really accurate today, uh, on time. I thought his reads were money. It's a seven-on-seven session. Um, where uh, the safeties were in a two-high look, shifted, you know, uh, just as they were snapping the ball to a one-high look, safety went down to the box, re-blankenship, uh, shifted from a, a two-high look to to sort of the, the single-high safety, and Hurts just very calmly, very quickly, just hit Goddard in the area of the field that, that re-blankenship had vacated. So he's really coming along as a mental processor, and... Um, and, and the accuracy just continues to improve, um, you know, each year. thought the play of the day was made by Alameda Zacchaeus. He was able to make a really nice diving catch uh, in between, like, the hashes and, and the sideline. Uh, was also being interfered with by Terrell Edmonds at the same time. Great catch. Got, a, got like, a lot of um, uh, attaboys sort of from... You know, the Eagles players on the sideline, everyone yelling, OZ, OZ. Um, a lot of days of chaos, of course, is OZ. Uh, so he made a great catch. He's been kind of quiet, I think, throughout camp, has had some opportunity to, you know, maybe challenge Quez Watkins for playing time since Watkins has missed, Watkins missed the last game. He's missed the last two days of practice, missed a uh, practice before that last game with a hamstring injury. So he's been kind of quiet, I guess, and, and really hasn't um, narrowed that gap. I think Quez is going to be the starting slot receiver to start the season. Uh, but really nice catch today and, and you know, had, had a nice day overall. Nicobe Dean is a guy that has really come on of late. You know, I had that, of course, that f- forced fumble that you all saw in the second preseason game against the Browns. Shot the gap, you know, recognized run immediately, shot the gap, got his hand in there forced the fumble big play 
Um, had a nice day yesterday in, in coverage and then did again today. So today a nice pass breakup on a pass intended for Goddard. It was like a little five to 10 yard sit route and Dean sniffed that out, broke on it, made the play look like, um, could have been an interception, but Goddard got, got his hand in there and kind of broke it up. But, uh, Nicobe's really done a nice job of, of reading and, re- and recognizing things. And we've talked at length about sort of what he was as a player at Georgia and why he was, you know, as, as good of a prospect as he was coming out of college. And it's because he was the smartest guy on the field, uh, in college. And when you get to the NFL and, uh, you're trying to learn a new scheme and, you know, just everything is new. It's, it's not your job as opposed to something that you're just kind of doing uh, also in college. And things can come slowly sometimes. I don't want to say it came slowly for him, but players are certainly ahead of you when you're a rookie in the NFL. And it'll take time for him to, you know, become sort of that quote-unquote smartest guy on the field again. So it might be a little bit of a slow burn for him to become a good player in the NFL. Uh, so, you know, it might come slowly this year in terms of the way that he produces and his production on the field. But uh, ultimately, I think he's going to be a good player, and he's really come on uh, here toward the tail end of training camp. Um, sort of in watching the linebackers today, by the way, it struck me that, like, Zach Cunningham, he's got super long arms, and I was curious how exactly long they are. Check out his combine measurements. And those bad boys are you know, 34 and 3 eighths inches, you know, which is good for like an offensive lineman, but for a linebacker, you know, he's got ropes for arms and he's six, three. I think somebody had been talking about how he's, his length is um, advantageous in, in terms of getting, you know, into passing lanes. And he's done that uh, since he joined the team fairly recently broken up a, a lot of passes, particularly in zone coverage. Um, just by comparison, he's 6'3", with, you know, 34 and a half inch arms. Dean's 5'11", with, you know, just under 32-inch arms. Uh, so those two guys look a lot different on the field, um, and then their, their games are kind of different. But Cunningham got most, I would say, of the first team reps uh, opposite Dean today. Christian Ellis mixed in a little bit, but uh, in my opinion, the the, reading the tea leaves here, I would say that Cunningham is probably in the lead right now to start at linebacker week one, but we'll see how that goes. Um, also along the uh, linebacker front, Miles Jack retired, which was not super surprising to me. Um, I believe it was Ian Rappaport who put that out, and he just wasn't playing well. Like He, he was struggling uh, every day in practice. And I think he could probably see that he probably wasn't going to make the team and maybe wanted to go out on his own terms, but he's not on the team anymore. So uh, he wasn't going to be on my next, he was on my last 53 man roster projection, but is, wasn't going to be on my next one. And obviously certainly isn't going to be now. Um, for me, I think the linebackers, there, the, there are three locks. It's Dean, Cunningham, Christian Ellis. And then I think the guy that is really on the fence, maybe 50-50 at this point, is Nicholas Morrow, um, who kind of entered training camp as sort of the front runner to you know, earn the starting job opposite N'Kobe Dean. He's not going to be that, so he's not going to start week one. But he could still make the team uh, kind of undecided on where I have him. Uh, at safety, 
I think the Eagles would keep five of them if they only keep three linebackers, which would mean, uh, of course, Reed Blankenship is the top guy. Sidney Brown is obviously going to make the team as a third-round pick and a guy who may very well start week one if he can really make strides between now and September 10th. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, Justin, or Terrell Edmonds, Justin Evans, and Kayvon Wallace could all make the team. Uh, they could keep five safeties. Edmonds, Evans, and Brown uh, all got first-team reps today at safety opposite Blankenship. If Kayvon Wallace did uh, get first-team reps, I didn't notice that. I think it's worth noting that Wallace, by the way, had, I think it was 53 snaps. In the last preseason game, he's playing deep into the second half, which I don't think bodes well for his chances of starting. He was getting a lot of first-team reps earlier in camp and hasn't gotten as many recently. So I think the idea of him potentially starting is out. Um, Interestingly, Justin Evans has gotten a lot more first-team reps recently, both uh, today and yesterday. Started a bunch of games for the Saints last year. Has not been able to stay healthy over the course of his NFL career. But he's been healthy so far in camp. He had a healthy year last year for the most part. So he's a former second-round pick. So maybe there's a guy that just his career gets off, you know, maybe takes off, um, you know, four or five years into his career after suffering a lot of injuries or whatever. It's one of those lottery ticket signings that the Eagles made during the offseason. Some look like they might pan out. Others, like Greedy Williams, who already got released, not so much. Uh, but we'll see how Evans kind of goes along here. But he's got a chance to start uh, week one along with Edmonds and Brown. That's That that competition is a little more up in the air, in my opinion, than at linebacker where it's really just between Cunningham and Ellis. And again, I give Cunningham the lead there. Uh, Darius Slay, really good, nice practice again today for the second straight day. Uh, really great coverage on a deep ball to Devontae. Uh, Devontae ran a double move. Slate in by stays stride for stride with him, you know, deep down the field, costing an incompletion. He's been really good. Um, James Bradbury's been really good the last couple of days as well, uh, particularly yesterday, as we mentioned on the podcast. I thought a receiver, like, interestingly, Devin Allen got a few first team reps. And when you look at the wide receiver position, so I would have, of course, AJ, Devontae, Quez, Alameda Zacchaeus, all on. Gotten some pushback on saying that Britton Covey is a lock. He's a lock. Like, who else returns punts if he doesn't do it? And uh, I thought he had a decent season as a punt returner as an undrafted rookie last year. He's got some room for improvement. Uh, but he's gonna he's absolutely gonna be on the team this year. But I thought there was some opportunity for, you know, at least, you know, one receiver maybe to kind of stand out, shine during training camp and during the preseason games. Because they're thin at outside receivers, just AJ and Devontae. And if either one of those guys were to go down, it's Quez that's that's on the outside now. And then they don't have anyone else that can really play on the outside. So I thought Devin Allen was one of those guys that could maybe have a big camp. Uh, the undrafted rookie, Joseph Ngata, maybe. Tyree Cleveland started to stand out a little bit in, in, in the first two games. Cleveland, of course, got hurt. He's done. Joseph Ngata um, made a ton of catches like early in camp but just hasn't done enough in the games where if you cut him in the games where other teams kind of see what these guys are doing, nobody's going to claim him off of waivers, in my opinion. 
uh, based on what he's done in those games. So I think you can pretty easily bring him back to the practice squad. And then Allen, um, like I said, he got a few first-team reps today. I don't think he took advantage. A deep ball down the right sideline. You know, has the speed to get to the to, to get to have the speed to get to that uh, throws. Maybe a little overthrown, but I had like was able to get there. Just didn't track the ball that well. And I think that's kind of where you see the difference between a guy who's just super fast and like a football player, like a, a receiver, where Deshaun Jackson had both of those things. He was obviously you know, had had elite speed, but was one of the great ball trackers in NFL history and just didn't see Allen doing a good job tracking that ball on a play that he maybe could have pulled that, that he maybe could have made uh, also had a drop in the middle of the field just hasn't really done anything throughout camp and um, I think it's just too difficult to you know kind of make it uh, in professional football if it's just kind of the thing that you also do uh, in his case with track sort of you know I guess maybe dominating um, his sports life is the way I put it maybe um, injured his calf while training for a uh, track and field event, missed the first you know week or two of camp and kind of got behind maybe a little bit and just hasn't, you know, been able to catch fire at any point during camp. And, you know, he's not going to make the team in my opinion. Uh, Vontae Maddox, I think is worth noting from this practice, had a sack while blitzing from his slot quarter position and got home really quickly. It was uh, actually a play action uh, to the right, uh, to the right side of the offensive line, that is. Avante Maddox was blitzing from the opposite side. Mariota kind of turned after the play action fake, and Max was right in his face. Like, he had no chance. Uh, got there in a heartbeat. I've been kind of waiting for a defensive coordinator to let Maddox start blitzing more because that's something that he was really good at in college at Pitt. He had four sacks uh, his last season there, two and a half sacks the season before that. So that's part of his game that has been underutilized in his time in Philly. Um, his first five seasons in the league, I don't think Jim Schwartz really did much much blitzing at all, of course, and didn't use Avante maybe as much as he should have. And then, of course, we saw Jonathan Gannon play a very conservative defense uh, for the most part the last two years. So it'll be interesting to see if Sean Desai can you know, sort of recognize that he can be a good blitzer and use him in that way a little bit more. Uh, yesterday we mentioned about Nolan Smith taking mental reps during, not we, I mentioned Nolan Smith taking mental reps during social teams drills. Uh, while it was hurt, fun watching him do that, just like a psychopath, <laughs> like uh, t- taking like uh, drops, like like um, like an offensive lineman, like like drop step or whatever, and and pass protecting. But you know, of course, his punt protection, doing that while he's hurt. By the way, he's not practicing otherwise. But taking kind of taking those reps off to the side while they were practicing, um, you know, punt co- punt coverage teams. It's also been fun watching Sidney Brown uh, during those special teams drills. I've been pre- I've been impressed by the way he just has no off switch whatsoever, just full tilt uh, at all times. And if you notice during the game against uh, the Browns, that guy was like first down the field by a wide margin. Unlike all the Eagles' uh, kickoffs. So he's fast. He gets down the field. He's hungry. He wants to do anything he can to help the team. And again, like I think he has a, a decent chance of starting at safety and as early as week one. But he's also, I think at a, at a minimum, he's going to be a guy who can make plays on special teams, uh, certainly on, on the kickoff coverage teams. 
and maybe on the punk coverage teams as well, possibly as a gunner. Um, earlier in camp, we, Brandon and I, had sort of laid out a scene from practice where Nick Sirianni really got into Jalen Hurts for not giving the ball to an official during a situational part of practice where it was like a run play with Hurts. And if they got the first down, they'd hurry up to the line and spike it. If they didn't get the first down, they'd have to run off the field as quickly as possible, let the field goal team run onto the field and quickly kick a field goal. And Sirianni really got into Hurts for not giving the ball to the official, um, thus maybe costing them a second or two or whatever um, in that situation. Today, Hurts ran. They determined that he did get the first down. So they're hurrying up to to the line to spike it. Except the field goal unit ran ran onto the field as well, and Nick Sirianni just lit into the field goal team uh, for running out on the field when uh, it was a spike situation. Maybe not their fault. There's not like first down yardage markers on the field, so tough to kind of tell. And there's you know not like officials like signaling first down or anything like that. So it's kind of hard to tell if like they're supposed to run out on the field or not, but. Nick Sirianni really lit into them, spiked his megaphone, was very pissed off in that situation. Um, poor Rick Lovato <laughs> God, seemed to get the brunt of that. Uh, but yeah, the, the, I, I do applaud Nick Sirianni for being a stickler um, about situational football. Like the Eagles have been great with that his first two years in the NFL. And, you know, week after week during the NFL season, you see teams just mess up. Uh, situational football uh, scenarios and the Eagles don't do a lot of that. So um, Nick Sirianni takes all that stuff very seriously. And while may have been a little unfair to scream at the uh, field goal units in that situation, uh, can't fault him for, you know, demanding excellence in those situations. So um, big priority for, for Nick Sirianni and his staff. After practice is over, some positional players, Got an opportunity to try some uh, PATs up first. Marcus Mariota, not even close. So not only is he inaccurate with his arm, uh, was inaccurate with his foot as well. Just way left, not even close. Uh, Boston Scott hit his first try. Bad form, still got to throw. Uh, these were all, by the way, each of these guys' first attempts were not contested, meaning there was no field goal rush coming at them. Uh, so again, Boston Scott, good but bad form. Cam Jurgens basically just towed it. His was good. Justin Evans, probably the best form of these four guys. Again, Mariota, Boston Scott, Cam Jurgens, Justin Evans. His was good. Then they brought out the um, the, path, the the field goal rush team. Mariota, I guess, didn't get a second chance because he missed his. Uh, but Boston Scott missed, left. Jurgens missed, hit the right post. Evans missed, off left. So the Eagles have to have uh, a emergency field goal kicker, and it's not the punter. Because last year, if you'll recall, I guess it probably would be Sipos, or if they bring in some other punter, it would probably be the punter that kicks the field goal, I would think. Uh, Britton Covey handled holding duties last year in the game that Sipos got hurt against the Giants. So I figure he would be the holder, and it would probably be the punter kicking. But if they need a positional player to kick field goals, not going to go well. Um, personally, like as a former Eagles 
media kicking champion. I feel like I'd uh, have a good chance of beating some of those guys in, in some kind of competition, but I digress. Um, all right, come back after the break here, and we'll do the Kristen Roach player of the day, MVP of the day, LVP of the day, and the play of the day. Back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, back here. Um, MVP of the day, going to Devontae Smith. Just made catch after catch impressively. Um, again, the, the catch in the back of the end zone where he went up high, snagged it, kept both feet in. Really impressive. And he's he's a, he's a stud very clearly. And, um, I mean, we've seen him. We, see, we saw him got better uh, from year one to year two. Had a great rookie season, but got better from year one to year two. And I think he's going to get even better in year three. I haven't given him an MVP yet. I think Brandon's maybe given him two. Uh, so uh, I will give him the MVP. I'll give him my first MVP of the day uh, today. LVP is a little trickier because I thought it was really crisp practice. I don't think there was much to like. It was a great practice today by the Eagles. Uh, so there's not much to really quibble about. But if I ha- if I have to pick one, I'd probably just go. Uh, I don't know, Devin Allen. <laughs> Sorry, Devin. Uh, and play of the day. I already mentioned the play made by Alameda Zacchaeus, so that shouldn't come as a surprise. But that 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 that'd be my three: Devonte, Devin Allen, Alameda Zacchaeus diving interception while being basically tackled by uh, Terrell Edmonds. So uh, anyway, like I said, Eagles, Colts. Joint practices on Tuesday. They're off on Monday. They're off on Wednesday. And Thursday, their final preseason game against the Colts. And then there's kind of a big gap in terms of um, they'll still practice, but we're not, media isn't allowed to attend those practices any, any anymore thereafter. Um, we'll, we just get to like watch them warm up and then they kick us out before we get to see any good stuff. But, um, yeah, there's kind of a gap between that last preseason game and the first game of the regular season, which again is September 10th up in New England. Uh, but we'll be here, me and Brandon, for a bunch of pods. Follow him at Brandon Gowton. Read his work at bleedinggreennation.com. Oh, by the way, also Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Uh, if you're looking to buy or sell your home, 
reach out to her at 856-906-9295. I'm Jimmy Kemsky. Uh, follow me at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter, threads. I forget what the other one is called, but I'm on that too. I haven't tweeted, I haven't, whatever, I haven't used that at all. Blue Sky, that's it. Uh, I don't even know if I have any followers there or not, but if you find me, if you're on there, follow me there. I'll start on there at some point, but anyway, uh, this has been PGN Radio episode number 322. We'll be back with you. Brandon and I will probably be recording again Thursday, or excuse me, Tuesday afternoon in what will be the final media attended Eagles practice of training camp. Goodbye, everybody. P G N.